0: welcome to Wisdom Wednesday, your spiritual storytelling podcast. Today is a lovely and surprisingly cold and snowy February day outside the Faith and Spirituality Center where this is being recorded on the fourth floor of Mack Hall at the University of Calgary. Today I am joined by a lovely guest, one of my personal close friends, Henny Pengelon. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Henny, I'm so excited to have you to share your story and to learn a little bit more about, I guess, your faith, because we don't really talk about that a lot. That's true. So just a little bit about Henny, for those of you who don't know her. um, Henny really enjoys K-dramas. It was the first thing that popped into her head when I asked her to talk about herself. Um, She would describe herself as an emotional person. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that means. And she also expresses that she enjoys doing things that create an impact in the world, like volunteering and volunteering at the Faith and Spirituality Center, I'd assume. The worst piece of advice that Henny said she's ever received was to never depend on someone and to know that she's always on her own. She was told to get used to not asking for help from everyone. And so that was the worst piece of wisdom she's received. And do you want to talk a little bit more about why that's maybe the worst piece of wisdom you've gotten?
1: Well, I would say that was like an advice I got for high school when I was about to enter high school. And um, I guess for most of my entire high school journey, I just always thought that I was like on my own, and then I never wanted to ask help from anyone. And I think it did help me become like more successful in some sense, but in other sense, I think it deprived me of like skills like learning, knowing how to ask for help, and like just like have like learning about teamwork and all those stuff. Mm-hmm. And that now I'm trying to learn all of that in university, and I think like especially learning how to ask for help, it can be really hard for me because now it makes me feel like I'm a burden and it's just something that I'm not used to.
0: Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like if you're always told like never to ask for help, it's kind of uncomfortable and like awkward too. Mm -hmm. Do you think like being at university has helped with that and like how has the environment here helped?
1: Yeah, I think, um, well, yeah, because it's not like we can really survive on our own because we will always need help. Um, it reminds me of like this book that I read. It's called The Courage to Be Disliked, where this philosopher was talking about how a person can never live alone. And like he gave an example of like this old man who's just living by himself where he thinks that he's independent and he's alone when he really isn't because like where does he get like the bread that he eats from there must have been someone who made that so technically he's not really alone even though he thinks he is and yeah so I think I've been trying to apply that to my life and learning how to ask for help because I think just in university and like obviously like I'm sure like everyone who's like transitioned from high school to university knows that like university is like a whole new challenge it's so different compared to like the challenges of high school and there from that experience i learned that like i can't that i can't do it all on my own and that i'm going to need to ask for help because i don't know everything and in a sense that that is a good challenge because then i'm learning that You know, because if I don't ask for help, if I don't learn from other people, then I'm kind of restricted to how much I can learn. But when I collaborate with others, then I can, like, learn more. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense in that, like, you can't live
0: everyone's experience. So just by, like, talking to them and asking about it. Mm-hmm. you learn about that and so it like unlocks like different knowledge especially in university I would say mm-hmm. because university is almost like a different game than high school and <laughs> you have to like network and you have to sort of be time efficient and you can't learn everything and like know everything yeah so talking to other people definitely helps a lot I think that also is a nice segue into being at the faith and spirituality center because it's such a diverse place Mm -hmm. and you can learn a lot from different people. And then like with the concept of asking for help, like you're a peer supporter, like that's almost what you're there for. Right. So I know you mentioned that like you enjoy volunteering here, for instance, because you want to make some sort of impact on the world. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah. Well, going back to like the diversity part of um, the FSC, that's what I really like about the FSC. And um it's kind of similar to how, I don't know if you've ever been in like one of those like diversity like panels kind of thing where they say that it's really important to have like a diverse group of people in your table. Because then like, I mean, I guess in the future, like I will always be at school and I'll have to like work somewhere and maybe be a leader and as a leader. That makes an impact in this world. Like I have to know that I'm creating an impact to like every kind of person and not just one type of person. um And then, what was your question?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I guess what I'm wondering about is where that that drive to create an impact comes from. I think we talked a bit about that right before the podcast, but Mm. I sort of cut you off because I think that'd be a nice thing to talk about.
1: But I think it came from, um, when, so I moved to Canada from Philippines when I was like nine, almost 10. And, um, I really saw my family, especially my parents, like struggle financially. Like we had to like take out loans from our relatives. And we, um, I remember there was like a social worker who was somehow in touch with us and like. She would always help us, like, tell us, like, oh, like, this organization is giving out, like, free gifts for kids during Christmas. And then my parents would go there or, like, they would be like, this organization is giving out free clothes. And it really helped out my parents a lot. And so I guess, like, living in Philippines before, I never knew that, like, I, I guess I, I just never, like, experienced being, like, helped to that that amount and so when I was a kid I was like wow like this is what living in Canada is like everyone's helping out each other and so I kind of just had this like I guess like maybe goal or dream when I was young that like when I grow up I'll be able to like create this impact for people too and like help others as well. Oh that's really interesting actually this is like a new discovery for me too. Yeah I feel like we've never talked about it. Yeah
0: so I guess when you said, you know, when you came to Canada, you're very aware of, like, the helping culture here, right? Mm
1: -hmm. And I know
0: that, like, you're a practicing Christian. Um, How do you think that tied into your experience with that? Like, I'm sure it should have.
1: Yeah, like, um, in Philippines, it's a, like, very Catholic um, country. Like, if you go to, like, churches on Sunday, like, it's so different compared to like churches here, in that there's so much more people in Philippines, and like it's like peop- a lot of people are like standing if you're even just like a little mi- a little bit of minutes late um and so I still went to church, but I think I never really knew why I did. Just like probably every kid. I feel like I was too young to really understand what like being Christian really meant. Um I remember I always thought of it as like being like not lying basically. <laughs> because um I remember in Philippines um, we did our like first communion and in the tradition in Philippines So, okay. So basically in the Catholic church, you get like the sacraments. So when you're maybe young, you get baptized. And then once in Philippines, once you're like in like grade three or something, you get your first communion. But before you get your first communion, you have to do a confession, which is basically kind of like the reconciliation here. So it's kind of flip in that I think in Canada, you get baptized first, then you get Then you get your first communion. Then you get, like, reconciled. Um, But in ours, it's what. Anyways, I just remember I was, like, confessing all my sins. All my sins that were, like, very childish sins. And then there's just this one time I lied after that. And I was like, oh, no, I'm going to hell. (laughs) Like, I lied. This is so bad. And so I think from a young age, like, being Christian really has kind of a lot... um, like, aided with, like, helping me be become, like, an ethical person, mm-hmm. relatively ethical person. Um, and then it transitioned into when I came here. Um, I guess I always, I, in the past, I didn't really put two and two together, like, that, like, being Christian meant, like, helping out others until, until I started to, basically become closer to God and to my faith yeah should I talk about how I got closer to my faith yeah that was
0: actually just going
1: to be my follow-up question yeah it might be like I might be not answering what you were saying asking it first but I can maybe come back to that later and that um but yeah I was again like um I still went to church a lot just because I thought like there's this rule that every Sunday I have to go and like if I don't go like God's gonna be very mad at me but I didn't really know how I would go um and it wasn't until I think I was in grade 10 that time that it's like it was kind of just like a boom like Like, he finally, like, piece everything together. Um, So I remember I had this teacher who had gone through a very rough time. And he was telling us about how his faith was the only thing that gave him hope. And this was, like, a teacher that I looked up to a lot. And I don't know, just for some reason, I just felt, like, I just felt so much closer to God. It's not... See, I feel like it's really hard to describe it because it's just a feeling that you get, and I think if you felt that, you would know how I'm feeling. And then I also watched this movie. I think it's called The Shack, where you know about it. No, I don't. Okay, <laughs> so you were just <laughs> smiling. Um, uh, basically, there. So it was about like a, um, a. A movie about like forgiveness and all those stuff, and um, for some reason that also opened my eyes because I finally understood like why God is so merciful, and f- for some reason I also finally understood the Our Father. If you don't know the Our Father, it's like a prayer that we say in like the Catholic Church and I've been seeing it like my entire life and then I was like one time I was like walking to the bus stop and I was like wow like that's what the our father means and it's like so significant and yeah so I think I'm kind of going all over the place because I feel like I'm not really my um, my story of how I found God is not really the same as, like, most people in that there's just only one specific event. I feel like, for me, it was just a bunch of random event that, like, built up to, like, this one whole thing where I'm like, wow, I finally, like, I'm slowly understanding it. Um, and then that somehow influenced me, all of that somehow influenced me to, um, read the bible um not the actual book bible it was an app called (laughs) was it the daily bible something like that but yeah it was an app and basically you could like um like do these uh, I forgot what they're called but they're basically things that people make and then it's like you read a bible passage and then they explain it and it helped me like understand what the whole faith was about a lot i also remember um i was like heavily involved in music in high school and it was something i really liked um and there was this one time that the choir sang a song where it was called be still but it was literally a song where they were just saying be still and know that i'm god over and over again but with like different like tones and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they sang it so beautifully that I was just like in absolute awe that I just like, it just never, it didn't leave my mind for like an entire year. Mm -hmm. And just, I think just that feeling, like I can't describe it, but you get that feeling that like, wow, like God is really watching me and God is really right beside me and he's protecting me, I think
0: yeah I feel like that happens a lot, especially with the music mm-hmm. I feel like it like inspires the sort of profoundness that you like you can feel. I really like that that idea of like your faith kind of popping up randomly, yeah, and then just like over time it like turns into like this lived experience of, oh like I have faith in God mm-hmm. I think that's i I know you said that that doesn't sound like kind of everyone where they have like a moment mm. where they Kind of, but I I would say that's a, I think that's a common thing. I I don't think it's like someone just suddenly is like, (laughs) you know, just faithful. It's like, it's a slow process.
1: Mm -hmm. if that makes sense definitely because I remember like going through to like those adorations and hearing about people's testimonies which are very good and I always think like what is my testimony I feel like I don't have one because I don't have like this one big event I just have a bunch of different small events Mm -hmm. but
0: but that's just my story (laughs) (laughs) and it's a wonderful story (laughs) thank you um you mentioned Um, like that, the prayer you're talking about, Our Father. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of curious if you want to share what, like, what does that mean to you?
1: Yeah, so basically, like what I said before, I always said it a lot because I used to pray the rosary a lot in my, my school in Philippines because it was a very like Catholic school, and I never really knew what it meant. Um, so Our Father, it goes like Our Father who are in heaven. So you're literally. Talking to God, you're calling on God. Hallowed be Thy name, and then you say, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you're basically saying that um, you, as a person, are like a vessel for God, and you're while you're while I'm here on earth, I'm gonna try and make this place as close to heaven as possible. And I think that relates back to what you were asking me about, about asking about, like, helping people out. Because when you think of, like, when I think, like, how if, like, God was thinking of how his kingdom will be on earth, how would it be? Well, he sent out Jesus, and Jesus is, if you're not familiar, um, so Jesus is basically God, the son of God. And he is part of the Trinity, so i I might say this wrong. I'm scared that I might say this wrong, but he's part of the Trinity, so technically he's Jesus, but he's also God. It's complicated. um, ask Father Christino for more information <laughs> um but that that's how I understand it and When Jesus was here on earth, he was like helping out a lot of people. That's like basically what he was doing a lot, giving out advice, giving these stories, teaching people how to help people and how to be good, like good people. And I think my purpose, my role here on earth is to be that vessel of God, to hopefully maybe teach others how to be helpful to others by showing them how to be helpful by helping them myself if that made any sense um yeah
0: so being like in a way that that helper and living in that way and yes. then hopefully i guess what i'm getting from it is inspiring others through that mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah it's just like trying i mean it's it's very hard like it's hard to be like god or yeah jesus because we're not perfect beings but We try our best. What do you think
0: you struggle with most when it comes to like living in that way? And like even here being a peer supporter, what do you think maybe is 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 something that's difficult or challenging about it?
1: Well, it's definitely challenging, especially being a student in university, because I don't really have a job yet, so I don't. I can't fully commit my life to like maybe helping for a specific cause because I'm still studying. So instead, I do like some volunteering, which obviously has a lot of impact as well. But honestly, I've never really found it that challenging. Instead, I find it as like a purpose in my life, a way to like live and like my reason for being here so i think of it more as like a blessing or a strength Mm -hmm.
0: yeah like almost an opportunity to live in the way that you think you should be living (laughs) which i agree with a lot i know this is like sort of popping things at random but Mm -hmm. i remember you did describe yourself describing yourself as an emotional person before the podcast and like what I mentioned in in your sort of intro. Would you like to talk a little bit more about that? And I guess to me the thing I was curious about is how how do you think your conceptions of faith like tie into that?
1: Ah, uh, good question. I have actually never thought about it. Give me a second. <laughs> well, when you like um when I read the Bible and stuff, I think there's a lot of emotions tied into it a lot of like emotions and like just human-to-human interaction and it makes me think because like I've always wondered why like well God in my belief is like he created the world and he knows everything that means he probably knows every like math formula every like every like complicated thing in the world everything about science well because I'm also like Uh, Someone who likes who's majoring in science things, and so I think, like, why did like God come down in the form of Jesus to tell us about all these things about how to treat humans and all those stuff and how to live a good life? When maybe he could have taught us, like, how to do math, (laughs) how to make a (laughs) light bulb,
0: tutor me calculus, exactly.
1: So, there must be some value in this, like, just like, um. Like having these, these like core values and philosophy, there must, it must be so much more valuable than like math and science and how can like, I don't know, what is the greatest <laughs> in math mystery? I don't know. How does quantum physics work or something like that? Like, why didn't he tell us about that if he knew that? That means that like the interactions that we have with humans it must be so much more important. And I think that makes me value my emotions so much more because I think my emotions and just vulnerability allows me to connect to humans.
0: I think that's such a great point. I've never even thought about it like that. Like in, I guess, most faith, there's like an emphasis on like that human connection. And I just, I guess they never put it together that like, oh, maybe that's because that's what's important, which makes sense intuitively. But yeah. I know you mentioned that like sometimes being emotional has its drawbacks and obviously it has huge pluses, right? Because that's sort of how we're supposed to live our life, like in accordance with our faith. But how how do you think you've experienced those challenges with being an emotional person?
1: I think it has its drawbacks in that Like, for me, I'm not really the type of... I can't really be those people who are, like... Who can, like, shut their feelings. Like, I feel like I used to be that type of person. But I stopped doing that just because for me, it... And only for me. I'm not saying that this applies to everyone. But it made me feel like a very cold-hearted person. And I would often, like say things that are mean only because I thought it was like the most rational thing or the most logical thing I'm not saying that everyone who does that is cold-hearted I'm just saying that's what I it made me feel like but yeah um so it can have its drawbacks that and that it can be a huge distraction and like especially like with studying when I get Like too emotional. I only mostly just think about that. Wait, maybe it's actually not due to my emotions. It may also be be because I have an anxiety disorder.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's uh, bits and pockets of everything going on there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that, like before, when you were more, I would say, like a of a less emotional person or more of like a compartmentalized person? Do you think your anxiety was. I guess at the forefront of your mind or has it been like you've experienced more anxiety the more you've sort of expressed your emotions
1: well I think actually what made me kind of seem like what I said was a cold-hearted person was my anxiety and that I didn't know I had it before but um I think I just didn't really want to feel such great emotions because I knew that if I did then it would be uncontrollable and then one day I just kind of got bored and I was like I'll be an emotional person and then I think just being more emotional being more in touch with my emotions has taught me a lot about how my anxiety works and like it's given me like a self-awareness that I never would have had if I if I like kept on restricting my emotions and that in itself has some drawbacks I guess because now I'm more aware of it and I think I I tend to be hyper aware so it can kind of be like the extreme so it's good to be like find the middle ground um but i think that in a way it's also good because i'm working it out like i'm working out how to like re how to think different differently because this like anxiety disorder apparently was something that i've had since i was young so it's always been there it's just i wasn't aware of it yeah and then being able to express your emotions is giving you sort of like Insight in a yeah. way, if that's a good
0: way to describe it.
1: And I really think that I can't really hide away from it forever. Mm. And one way or another I'm gonna have to encounter it. So I'm like putting on my brave face and Ooh. saying like, yeah, I'm gonna like face my anxieties now and try and like go to therapy and all those stuff so that I can get better. Yeah. To set myself up for success in my life. Yeah. And so like, in
0: a way, like, being able to express your emotions helps you. And I would say, like, all the aspects that you've talked about so far, right? Like, it helps you like be more aware of your anxiety, but it also helps you in your, like, conceptualization of faith and, and what that should be, like, that human-human interaction. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also betting that, it like, it helps you be, like, a good peer supporter and helps you live in that way of oh yeah being helpful.
1: Yeah, I think, actually um, strengthening my relationship with God is what has given me the courage to open up my emotions because I remember I, would like, read certain things in the Bible, like, I'm sure you've heard about it, like, the one, the passage that goes, like, love is patient, love is kind, and I was like, wow, I remember reading it for the first time, and I was like, wow, this is so beautiful, and it's kind of made, it's kind of like opened my heart and that how do I describe this it just kind of um, showed me the importance of loving others and just forming a good relation good and close and strong relationship with others and I think that ties beautifully back to
0: that worst piece of advice that you got which was to never depend on people That's and to so always true. feel alone right I think that's such a beautiful (laughs) present that's tied up here. This is an interesting conversation. We actually went way over time, which is so hilarious. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like it. It feels like it's been 10 minutes, but it's been like 30. Mm. Um, So I think this is a nice place to end it with that full circle back to people not feeling alone and and not being told that, you know, don't trust everyone. That everyone's out to get you. Yeah. By. Um, yeah, so to whoever is listening, hopefully this gives you some insight. Hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully you don't feel alone and don't feel like you should be alone. So I'd like to thank uh, the Faith and Spirituality Center. I'd like to thank Maddie for letting us use the pluralism room to record this. I would like to thank Leland Harris for intro and outro music and I would like to thank you the listeners whether you're listening to this at the listening party um and I'm probably there (laughs) 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 or on Spotify um off campus yeah thank you I hope you have a wonderful Wednesday